You're listening to the One Day at a Time podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Logue. My purpose is to help as many people as I can break out of negativity and poverty so they can live a life by their own design. This podcast is designed to show you exactly what it fucking takes to be successful and get what you fucking deserve. There's no fluff, no bullshit, just real people who turned a negative into a positive by taking life one day at a time. I've seen the good, I've seen the bad, I've thought about days I couldn't get back, I couldn't even realize, until I started taking life one day at a time. Used to let them tell me no, 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 but I don't let them tell me no, no, no. I took back control, made my life mine, let me teach you how to do the same thing. Hey, what's up, Odat Nation? Today we have my friend Adam McChesney with us today. Adam's the owner partner of Height Digital and also owner of Autoglass Repair of STL. Uh, really excited to have him on here with us. Adam, thanks so much for uh, coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Excited to be here. Awesome, man. Yeah, so for people who don't know, uh, who is Adam McChesney? Yeah, so as you mentioned, I'm the owner partner of Height Digital St. Louis. Uh, right here in St. Louis, been pretty much where I've lived my entire life uh, outside of college. Uh, I was in medical device sales for five years prior to going out on my own. So worked my way up the, the ladder in corporate America. Very successful, got promoted a couple times and ultimately had the burning itch to be my own boss. Mm. It took a couple courses online starting back in 2018 to learn the skill set of digital marketing. So websites, search engine optimization and paid ads in the midst of the pandemic. You know, obviously I went from traveling all over and working long hours to being stuck at home. So turned my side hustle into a full-time gig and have uh, really done some cool things in the past couple of years, both with our digital marketing agency and then our auto glass repair company that we uh, we created pretty much through digital marketing. So it's yeah. been, uh, been a fun ride. That's awesome, man. So where did the, uh, that entrepreneurship itch come from, you think? Is that something you always had or did it kind of come later in life? Yeah, so I think it's kind of something I've always had. You know, I think back to when I was younger, I always was, uh, you know, an athlete, someone that wanted to do a little bit more. I wasn't the best student, but mm-hmm. I was always doing okay in school. And I always was trying to find ways to make money. So I was working at a young age. I was taking, you know, stuff of mine, my brothers, my parents and selling it on eBay and just got really excited about that. There's quite a few entrepreneurs that are in my family on both sides, both my mom and my dad. Uh, so I think that, you know, I kind of learned about entrepreneurship, but I was never like involved in it. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, throughout the course of really probably getting into sales and realizing that there is kind of a correlation between sales and entrepreneurship because you're in, tr- in control of your own destiny. Right. But time and time again, you know, as you break certain barriers as a sales rep, you always end up getting capped at some point. Mm-hmm. So I just ultimately never wanted to be capped, never wanted to be, you know, reporting to someone pretty much ever again. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's where that all came from. Yeah, man. No, that makes sense. I think that's a good point. I think, you know, if you're in sales and you can do well at sales, I feel like that's, you know, half the battle, at least starting as an entrepreneur. Yeah, no, it's definitely half the battle. You know, I've learned a lot in transitioning from sales and especially in corporate America, mm-hmm. that was running, you know, my own business and things like that. So, uh, the transition over the past uh, almost two years now has really gone from you know, 
still selling a lot. That's primarily what I do in my business, but figuring out everything else that goes into business. So the financial aspect, hiring, firing, recruiting, branding, um, processes and systems, you know, that that's been a tough transition for me to learn, uh, especially was in the early going, but, uh, but yeah, it's been a fun ride. Yeah, man. That's awesome. So, uh, how did you first get into sales? Was it that uh, medical device sales? Is that your first sales gig? Or? Yeah. So actually right out of college, I started working for a company that I did an internship with. So I was selling third party, uh, restaurant marketing and delivery services. So before Uber eats was around, uh, we were one of the main competitors in the market to Grubhub. Mm-hmm. And so kind of got my feet wet in sales specifically there, signing up restaurants for our services, and then transitioned out and got into medical device sales uh, a couple months uh, after that. Cool, man. That's awesome. Yeah. So as far as like, um, so you moved up uh, through different companies you're working for. Um, you know, I think that's something a lot of people struggle with is kind of, you know, they want to get into entrepreneurship, uh, but, you know, making that jump. Um, what was that jump like for you kind of transitioning from corporate America to going out on your own? So, yeah, of course, when I made the transition, you know, I thought I had it all figured out, right? Everybody Mm -hmm. always thinks that they do until they realize that they don't. So I was working my way up to trying to make at least about half of what I was making in medical device sales, but it was a very lucrative job that I was in. So I was making about $200,000 a year. And at the end of uh, my time there, you know, I could have went on for another three or six months, probably at least it just mm-hmm. I trying to juggle both of them. But I knew I needed to give the digital marketing agency my full time and attention. Mm-hmm. And so the transition for me happened in a couple different uh, aspects as far as where growth really took off. So I started selling a lot, but then realized I didn't have processes and systems. I didn't have you know, I, I was I was basically the business. I just created mm-hmm. a job for myself. So I was doing all the work, working long hours. And then I started, you know, about a month in, that's when I joined Apex. Mm-hmm. Started realizing that there was so much more to business than I had ever imagined or even known about. And wanted to get in the room with people that were light years ahead of me. Right. So started investing in myself, started investing in coaching and masterminds and things like that. So I think the biggest thing is as far as my transition went is being comfortable with the uncomfortable, uh, being you know outside of your comfort zone, mm-hmm. and truly putting yourself in rooms with people that can teach you and mentor you along the way, because you have to be okay with knowing that you don't know everything. Right, and that's huge, man. That's awesome. You found Apex so quickly after starting, man. Because I was, you know, I've been in this entrepreneurship for like six, seven years, and. I mean, I was spinning my wheels in the mud, you know, trying to figure out everything myself. But once you, like you said, once you get in the right room with the right people and you just see that there's, there's levels to this shit, man, there's people playing, playing life, you know, way higher levels. And it's, it's motivating, you know, especially for me, you know, growing up, like I don't really know too many people that like are successful financially or, you know, in any of the four areas of the G code. So it's like, but once you actually get around those people, it's, it's a game changer. Yeah, it definitely changes everything. I think for me, you know, when I, looked at my time in corporate America versus where I'm at now, I have skill sets and relationships and networks that I would have never been able to get had I stayed in corporate America. I got very comfortable because I got promoted to a senior role at a young age. Mm -hmm. I got comfortable. I had a nice salary and commission. I had the benefits. But ultimately, I looked at what my life looked like down the line. And it was just all about the money. It was all about the comfortability. And I knew I didn't want to go that route. I didn't want to be a slave to corporate 
America and live that lifestyle and kind of go and pivot and do something a little bit different outside of what most people would do. Most people would have stayed at that job for as long as they could have. Everyone thought I had the life, mm. but at the end of the day, you know, that's only the money's only one thing. The comfortability is you know, nice, but it's, it's going, you're always going to be comfortable if that's what you're trying to do. Right. And that's huge, man. So what did like people around you say? And you're like, Oh, you know, you're making you know good money, man. 200 K's, you know, that's good money, man. Especially you know, at a young age and, you know, it's most people even just hitting six figures is the goal. And, uh, but yeah, what were people around you saying when you're like, oh, I'm going to just quit and start my own thing? They thought I was crazy. And, yeah. uh, you know, to, to an extent for a while, and, and sometimes, you know, I still do think I'm crazy, mm-hmm. but uh, it's a different type of crazy, right? So for me, you know, most of my friends, you know, we all went to college. We, people I graduated college with, they all went to corporate America. Very few people that I grew up with are business owners. Mm-hmm. They don't really get the reason behind why I did what I did. Um, you know, family thought I was crazy, but supported me. You know, now they see the bigger picture and things. But, you know, for my friends, it's been a little bit of a transition, you know, especially putting myself out there on social media and branding myself as much as I have. Mm-hmm. It's outside of my comfort zone and people that have known me for a while know that. So mm-hmm. it, that's been one of the the biggest hurdles is that psychological and mental aspect of doing what you know you're supposed to be doing, even though you know people are going to be you know laughing at you and putting you down. So for me, that was probably the toughest part. I don't really mm-hmm. care what people thought of that transition uh, because I always knew I was going to make it happen. And if mm-hmm. I didn't make it happen, then I could always fall back on you know going and finding another job. Right. Yeah, that's the thing. It's hard, man, especially, you know, like for a lot of people, they just they worry so much about what other people think about them. And like, even if you think you don't, you, you do. I mean, you know, it's uh, I've always thought I never really cared. But like, you know, when you start to put yourself out there, it's 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 fucking awkward, dude. It's like, you know, and like, I know, like, I remember, like, I don't know, like, I remember, like, small slights and stuff. So I remember, like, well, when I first started posting a few years back and not even as much as I post now before I found Apex. But I remember I posted like something motivational and someone was like, oh, who are who do you think you are? Like Jim Rohn? I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, maybe one day, you know. <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, okay. I've, I've gotten the uh, the group chat with you know the friends from high school and the friends from college screenshotting my stuff and saying, hey, look, it's the next Tony Robbins. Mm-hmm. All right, if I'm the next Tony Robbins, I think I'm doing something all right. Obviously, I'm not there, but if one day I get there, then you know you can laugh at me or I'll be laughing at you at that point. Right? Yeah, I love to be Tony Robbins, man. Just got a fucking dope ass island and fucking best yeah. thing in life. Of course, <laughs> but yeah, man. So, um, so it sounds like, so you were kind of building the digital marketing company while you were still at the, um, your, your sales job. Yeah. So, um, you know, I had the, the skill set. I started building websites in 2018, started ranking them, but never really did anything with it. I had gotten promoted at the corporate job and then ultimately, um, decided, you know, I got married in the end of 2019. So luckily before all the craziness with the pandemic, mm-hmm. but I said 2020 is going to be my year where I put so much time and effort into this side hustle that it becomes my full-time job and I'll, I'll quit by the end of 2020. Well, that mm-hmm. happened six months sooner because I had so much time with the pandemic and not having to travel and, and do the other job that I was able to have it take off even further. And then uh, back in 2019 is when I originally built that auto glass repair website that mm-hmm. multiple got to the first page of Google that ended up being a company of ours 
that I own and operate uh, that started in January 2021. That's awesome, man. So before COVID, um, were you still, you're still building up the business and everything though? Yeah, a little bit. It's just, what was the, the, uh, so what was the, uh, the, the balance? Like, so I know a lot of people struggle with that. Like, oh, you know, I come home, I'm fucking beat. You know, I worked all day. I'm like, last thing I want to do is, you know, work on, you know, my business. Yeah, absolutely. So I was working, I was waking up at 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. and just honestly getting two to three hours of stuff done, probably for six months mm-hmm. leading up to when COVID happened. Yeah. So I was waking up super early. I'm a morning person. I'm not great at night as far as productivity. Mm-hmm. And so I was waking up super early, knocking that stuff out and then and then get going into the rest of my day. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I think that's the key to like knowing when are you most productive and then just kind of scheduling your day around that. But awesome. Yeah, the product- productivity and, and when you like, you have to protect your time, right? We only have so many hours in the day. We only have so many people that we can meet with or conversations that we can have. And that's been a, a big eye-opening experience for me to realize when I need to structure my day, how I need to structure my day, when I need to work out and read and do all of those things. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, that really is huge. And I feel like that's one thing we keep kind of going back to with the different guests is important to schedule in your day and you know, schedule in the you know, most important tasks that are going to help push you forward. But awesome, man. So yeah, um, that is a big jump. So what made you buy that first course? So I was looking online in terms of how I could make money mm-hmm. on the side and eventually turn it into a full-time business. Yeah. Hadn't been promoted at the time yet. So I went from right after I bought the course of, Obviously, that's how that stuff happens. I mean, mm-hmm. right. I ended up getting promoted. So I was making about $75,000 a year, bought the course. I figured there's no way I'm ever going to get promoted that quickly. I got promoted within nine months and then ultimately put most of the stuff to the side. But I was searching for ways to make money online. So I was almost going to do you know, your Amazon drop shipping, eBay reselling. I was even looking at potentially getting some real estate myself. And then came across a course that taught me how to build digital real estate in the format of building websites, ranking them, doing paid ads, but then owning the assets and then mm-hmm. renting them out to businesses versus building them for their brands. Huh. That's cool. I haven't heard of that model before. That sounds like a cool model. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. Um, you know, it's it takes a lot more time and effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, things you know are created, and so. Uh, it's different from what we're doing now in our agency of working with companies and brands to do it for them. Mm-hmm. But it's a very unique model. It's just a different model that uh, takes a lot of time and effort, takes a lot of selling, takes a lot of uh, strategic planning and things like that. But, um, you know, it's led me to have a great skill set. And also that also led into our Autoglass company because it was one of the assets that we had out there that ultimately was getting three, 400, 500 calls done at the time and no one could handle them. So right. we just started our own business. because That's awesome. Man. I love how when things work out like that. Yeah. But too many leads, you know, <laughs> yeah. calling them ourselves. Yeah. That's great, man. So, yeah. So what was the journey like? I mean, I know like you're one of the names that like pops up a lot in Apex. People talk about marketing, um, even the other marketers that, you know, they bring you up to you and like are for, you know, these people to add them. And, you know, so, and I've seen like, you know, some of the, your posts online and, um, and Apex and other places where, I mean, you're winning awards and you I know your business is killing it. Um, what was the journey like from you left your job, like to get into where you're at now? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. So I had my own agency prior to merging 
my agency with Hype Digital, which is where I'm at right now. So mm-hmm. we started, you know, we I was doing about 10 to 12K a month in recurring revenue when I made the transition. Mm-hmm. Then I started in Apex and about 90 days into the Build Your Machine stuff, my business really started to take off. So I was getting referrals. I was promoting myself because people now knew that I wasn't in corporate America. This is what I did. Started networking a lot, doing all basically doing all of the right things. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was still doing all the work. You know, I had a couple of systems that were helping me here and there. But at the end of the day, I was literally everything. I was selling. I was the business owner. I was the account manager, project manager. And ultimately, I was doing a lot of work. So I would have these ups and downs of where I would sell a bunch. And then the next month or two was all fulfilled. Yeah. And that model just in marketing in general is just not scalable. Right. So uh, that was from July up until uh, basically this time last year, coming up on my one year anniversary with Pipe Digital. And, um, got to a point doing about 30K a month in revenue and I was really capped out. I had mm-hmm. tried to hire an account manager, tried to hire a team in house, looked at virtual assistants, but there were so many moving parts and pieces that I, that's just not my skill set. I'm a visionary um, and I'm not good at a lot of the nitty gritty stuff yeah. on the operation. So Hype Digital was a white label fulfillment company for a lot of marketing agencies that were just like myself, but they saw a need to go direct to consumer through franchising. So Mm. I made that transition. You know, right now at Hype, we have about 180 full-time team members all in-house. And I was able to kind of merge my skill set and my business with the back-end processes, fulfillment, software, the technology. And everything that Hype Digital has today. So we went from doing about 30K a month in revenue when we joined. We did 130K in revenue uh, this past April. So a month nice. ago. Um, so made a massive transition. And it's truly a business now. So mm-hmm. not only is it a franchise, but I have five full-time team members that all work just for me with my clients. Um, and it's been really cool to be able to see, to employ people to kind of have a business now and I can yeah. take a week off or I can go to the apex events and not have to worry about my phone blowing up mm-hmm. and think my business is going to ultimately burn down. Yeah, man, that's badass, man. So that's great, man. So yeah. So what's the, uh, one of the big things we focus on on the podcast is, you know, just taking things one day at a time. You know, if you win today, tomorrow's going to take care of itself. Um, what are some of the things you do daily that you think make the biggest impact on, on, you know, your getting where you're at? Yeah, great question. So for me, it's working out and reading. Mm-hmm. I listen to a lot of podcasts as well, but it is simply just doing and winning that next decision, mm-hmm. winning that next thing in my day and understanding and doing an audit of what's working in my business, in personal life and what's not, and then focusing on doing more of what is working and less of what's not. So continuously tweaking based on what I'm seeing is actually working and what's producing results, mm. but focused on what am I doing in the now, as well as that morning routine, I think is just so crucial. When I have something go a little bit off in the morning routine, I wake up a couple minutes late. I don't get my reading in. That's when my days become a little bit chaotic. Mm. So I like to win the morning. I like to focus on that. And if I can do that, I know I'm geared up to be able to do everything that I need to do the rest of that day and then lead it follow. Dude, that's good, man. 
So, yeah, so I know you mentioned podcasts and, and books. Uh, what are some of the books you've read that have helped you the most? Yeah, so The Dichotomy of Leadership is one that I just finished. So I think mm-hmm. you that off with Extreme Ownership. So right now, um, I would say most of the books I'm reading are around leadership or mindset. So I also read uh, Who Not How uh, and Atomic Habits. So mm-hmm. those are more recent ones. And then Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Focusing on who I can become as a leader, because as I get further and further uh, away in my business from physically doing the work, I have to make sure my team understands the mission and the vision mm-hmm. or values that we have in our company. So most of the stuff that I'm reading right now is focused on mindset, leadership, and how I can build better habits, both personally and in the business. That's great, man. Yeah, I just picked up Dichotomy of Leadership. Haven't read it yet. Uh, love Extreme Ownership. That's a great one. And then the Atomic Habits is awesome. Yeah, I love uh, David Goggins' uh, book, too, man. Did you hear the uh, the audio version? That one's pretty cool. Did you hear that one or did you read that one? Yeah, I did the audio version. That one was really cool to just, you know, obviously a little bit more of a podcast style, but to have him dig a little bit deeper mm-hmm. into his events and understanding what, what uh, went on and peel back the onion even a little bit further yeah. uh, was, really, was really cool to hear. Yeah, I love that format. I hope more books start doing that because I'm like, oh, I loved how it was, you know, you got something different because it was like a podcast mixed with a book, but like, and they're yep. reading it. Oh my God, it worked just super well. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite books. But awesome, man. So, yeah, no, I think definitely uh, one of some great stuff. And um, yeah, I'm super excited to see uh, Goggins at MDM too. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be an awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm like fanboying right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Awesome, man. So, yeah. So any other tips you have for people like, you know, um, just in general? Yeah. I mean, I think for most people, and I kind of alluded to it earlier, is that comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Whether you're working for someone else or you're going out on your own or you've been out on your own and you feel like you're hitting that ceiling, just the fact and mindset that it's okay to be uncomfortable. And so getting comfortable with that uncomfortable feeling mm-hmm. has really allowed me to check if what I'm doing in that moment or if the path I'm on is where I need to be. Mm. When I get super comfortable, it it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good because I know that I could be doing more. I know that I might be doing status quo or checking boxes. So for example, like I started a podcast myself earlier this year, I'm getting ready to I just hire a videographer to do uh, some uh, videos for a, a YouTube channel I'm going to start creating started speaking on stages this year, really getting outside of my comfort zone and pushing that next that next level. So yeah. I think just getting outside of that comfort zone day in and day out, doing something that makes you uncomfortable is the key to being successful. Yeah, man, I think that's huge. And um, I think John Hiley, um, I was on the call with him, I heard him say, uh, like growing pains, like you ever heard of growing pains and it's, it's gonna hurt, you know, it's gonna feel uncomfortable. Like if you don't like physically feel uncomfortable, you know, you're, you're not out of that comfort zone. Yeah, that's uh, you're definitely not doing something right. Mm-hmm. Weird as that sounds, you're you're not getting to that next opportunity. Yeah, for sure. So awesome, man. So what else? What's next for Adam? Yeah, so continuing to grow the digital marketing agency uh, is really big for me. Um, it's pretty sustainable right now. I want to eventually get someone in there that can take over the sales portion of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because right now we're able to, you know, maintain and stay steady if I'm not in the business, but we're not necessarily on, if Adam took a couple of weeks off, sales would probably, you know, uh, deteriorate yeah. uh, if, if uh, I could put a, a word to it. So I want to get that to a point where it's growing without me. 
uh, starting to speak on more stages. So really want to speak at more events, get my, my journey uh, about entrepreneurship and digital marketing and personal branding out there, um, as well as meet more people and then ultimately step into more of like that investor role mm. in, uh, in other companies. So taking the model that we did with the auto glass repair company and leveraging it with businesses that need more leads, but giving them the aspect or giving us the aspect of being an owner in that company, I think is an avenue we'll continue. That's awesome, man. That's super exciting. Awesome. And what's the best way for people to connect with you or, you know, get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. So people can find me on Instagram at Adam L. McChesney. So McChesney is M-C-C-H-E-S-N-E-Y. And then you can also go to adammcchesney.com and find everything that you need to know there about myself and hiking. Awesome, man. What's the name of your podcast? So it's called the Entrepreneur Podcast. So uh, basically like entrepreneur, but entrepreneur. Oh, I like that. Nice. You guys cracking open some beers while you're doing mm-hmm. it. So what we're, what we're doing is we're actually uh, kind of comparing the journey of our mm-hmm. guests as entrepreneurs and what they've gone through to that of the beer brewing process. Oh, okay. We kind of bridge the gap and uh, you know, have a set of questions that we kind of go off of and uh, make it fun. That's awesome. I like that. Awesome, bro. Yeah, well, thanks again for coming on, man. Yeah, it was great. And um, yeah, we'll have to have you on again in a couple months down the road. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, bro.